It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. And good morning to all our fellow Tasmanians and anybody else for that matter who, why wouldn't you tune in to us on a Friday morning, wherever you're listening around on the SEN app. Great to have you with it. David Lithgow here with, with Brett Jeeves. What a show we've got coming up today. Scott Roth, the coach of the Jack Jumpers, is coming. Well, we'll be first up in a few minutes. Bailey Kenzie's going to come and talk about all the local news, uh, the surroundings with the Glenorchy Footy Club. Uh, local cricket, of course, the women's grand final tomorrow at Bill Reeve. Very exciting to see the Tasmanian girls looking for back-to-back. Xavier Doherty's coming up uh, later this morning. And the Richmond champion, we're allowed to call him that, probably in his last year, eking out everybody can. Jack Revolt's going to join us after eight. But without further ado, good morning to you, Brett Jeeves, here for Harrison Agents and Kia Sportage. Great to have you here, mate. Good to see you, David. This morning, I heard 35. I, I thought maybe we were in Delhi. Today. Yeah, for yeah. the next test. We're, we're, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Where is the next test? Off the top of your head. Have you, oh, this is the one they changed, didn't they? Because the, oh, gosh, you're right. Because the, uh, the, the venue they had lined up wasn't going to spin enough. Yes. So they decided that maybe we should, we should change cities. I didn't realise it was that hot today. <laughs> it's an old-fashioned... <laughs> the 35s. And tomorrow. A little sticky. What a summer we've had. I've actually looked at the weather and... A couple of really hot ones. In there. But then the next week or two, it's 21, 22 every day. It's the endless summer, Brett Jeeves. Who ever thought? How about we had one? Who knew? Yes. A couple of little snippets before we get to um, Scott Roth this morning. Um, a huge game of cricket last night. The Australian women, you know, they're one of the best teams of all time uh, in women's cricket. They were in a world of pain against India last night, but they've managed uh, to scrape through. So they're into the final. They looked down and out, Brett. Mm. Um, saw the highlight package this morning when I get up, got up, and uh, they've they've scraped through. Tasmania cricket yesterday, playing for a potential Shield final spot oh. coming up. That was a oh. golly. I think we might save that for, for Xavier Doherty. That was a debacle. Yeah, um, no good. Absolutely pounded, pillar to post by the best team in the country, mind you. The West Australian Warriors, the champions from last year, and they're heading uh, heading, the, heading in that direction again. Well, one of one of the challenges at, at Blunston Arena is that it's always a new ball wicket, and if you don't if you don't do any damage with the with the new prune, you can be in for a really long haul uh, batting wise. So, uh, WA were able to navigate the new ball in both yes, their innings. They did exceeded three hundred quite they comfortably. Did. Well, three hundred on the knock. And it wasn't that easy. Like oh, those opening batters, I mean, they were playing and missed the WA all. You know that first session was tough. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they got through it. Tazzy came out and just played some some big shots, a lot of drives. Um, you know, playing of balls on that fourth and fifth stump line that the, the potentially they didn't need to, given the the circumstance of the game. So they'll certainly reflect on that and uh, plenty of learnings. But well, know, they don't get time to reflect too long because their next game's in Perth. So Tazzy Tazzy go back, back to and, back. The, the the unusual circumstance around this all is they still got a small window to play in the Shield final, which looks 
I mean, it's amazing to even comment that when they've been rolled for a 150, they will get rolled for 150 in today, and they've effectively been outrighted. Well, they haven't been outrighted, but the other team's got a thousand runs. Well, it's it's been a proper smacking, and and you know when I say they can reflect and look back on the learnings, what's disappointing about that is if, if your coach Jeff Vaughan, a lot of the stuff that they should look back and learn about is the stuff that they would already know uh, yes. as as experienced Tasmanian cricketers playing on their home ground. So. Uh, they'd be very disappointed with that. And, you know, hopefully uh, Bo Webster's having a terrific year um, with both bat and ball. I, I do worry about him being the fourth seamer. I don't mind him as an occasional option, but uh, if, you, if you're relying on him particularly, you know, yep. throughout this game, WA got going, um, he, he's someone that I reckon is sure cricket you can really target. But, ho- look, hopefully this morning he can um, he can Get show a little in. bit, yep. uh, you know, Try and bat a session, and uh, who knows from there. That's all you can do. I think you can. Um, you got to set yourself some sort of goal this morning. Um, you know, just look. Jackson Bird and Peter Siddle can hang around, but golly, I think we're. Um, yeah, that one's over, and that's going to be done very quickly. And Western Australia in um, complete control. Listen, do you get a chance to catch about? Anything about yesterday? Gill was well, in town. You, yes. you didn't get the invite? I didn't get an invitation, no. uh, and I was knocked back at the door. I did try and sneak my way in. Uh, the fake moustache didn't quite work for yes. me. Yes. Uh, well, you try to look like Andy Bennett. Well, look, I mean, yeah, running you with David... You don't look like Andy Bennett, by the way, are you? <laughs> running with David Boone on the name tag was probably no, yes. uh, a bad play, but... Um, I did. I did listen to your hour special, which was terrific. And um, you know, I, I wanted to say really quickly, and we've got Scott, Scotty Roth on the line. Your love of Andy Bennett is at a whole all, all, other all world. level. That was that was it magnificent. Is. So well, well done yesterday, and always great to hear from Andy. Well, it is great to hear from Andy, um, but it's terrific to hear from this fine gentleman, an honorary Tasmanian. We absolutely call him now. And it's with good morning, about five or six days from the the end of the season to the Jack Jumpers head coach, Scott Roth. Good morning, coach. How's everything? Very well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. You've now had five or six days to reflect. Um, what what does Scott Roth think about when he sort of going to... I know you, you switch off pretty well. You've told us that before. But what's your reflections on the year and, and, and how things panned out at the end? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really, um, I even got to that point to be quite honest with you. We are just finishing up this week exit interviews and, you know, it'll take me a few months just to step back and uh, really think about everything that's transpired. But, you know, my initial thoughts are obviously, um, you know, in some ways I thought this year was better than last year uh, just because, um, you know, everyone thought last year was a Cinderella story and it couldn't be duplicated or you couldn't come back to what you were doing and, and have the same similar kind of results. And so uh, the fortitude and, you know, the relentlessness of our group this year was just, I thought, outstanding. Uh, you know, you're five minutes away from going back to the grand finals again. Um, we want to play in game. We've had a lot of positives. Milt Doyle, our first uh, first team all uh, NBL selection for the first time in the history of the Jack Jumpers. So there's a lot of positives that have transpired. Um, but the big thing for me really is, I didn't come here to come in fourth, and um, yes. we will continue to drive this brand as hard as we can, um, as long as we can, as long as I'm here, and we're back to work here, and I'll start traveling up uh, north and connecting the state and, and being where I need to be uh, for the next four or five weeks uh, to continue to build this brand, and, and we're, we're just not satisfied with fourth. It's, it's, it's obviously a great accomplishment, but uh, internally, it's not good enough. 
Yeah, they're good words. And the words we like to hear because it has been an outstanding success. I think at the start of the season, um, all the pundits, the NBL pundits, the, the tipsters, I, I brought up a thing on the last broadcast for the last home game against New Zealand uh, a week and a half ago that out of the 10 writers and scribes, one of them had the Jack Jumpers finishing six. The rest of them were bottom three. Um, so you certainly overachieved from the other people's eyes. New Zealand, as we look at the year, and I was lucky enough to, to see three or four of those games live, they they just had the, they just had your number, didn't they? I mean, that's the frank conversation. They just, over the whole period, they just were a little bit better. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, uh, we obviously played them quite a bit this year, and we had uh, two or three games that came down to the last quarter of the last two or three minutes of those quarters in the fourth to, you know, either win or lose. And, and uh, in general, when you know, when you have those long of a series and, and one team is winning more than the other, it's, it's quite obvious. Uh, Sydney's in the same boat. They're both better than us uh, just in general. We, you know, there's nights where we can beat them and we have to play at a very high level, but uh, they're good, and you give credit to that, and, and then you also try to, you know, see how we can improve in areas to um, compete with those teams or to get in some kind of level that we think uh, will bring us a championship. Scotty, at what point does the Cinderella story, the fairy tale narrative annoy you like does that does that become a problem for you in terms of being able to achieve you know so for for as long as the public are celebrating a a fourth place finish and another finals entry and uh, winning a playing game all terrific but internally there's obviously this huge drive to, to win a championship is is that a problem do you think for your actual growth as a team uh not at all because i'll quickly you know as the more i get on the air over the next x amount of weeks uh squash some of that uh um talk you know last year was not a, a cinderella story we won 15 of our uh, last 20 games and we won them we didn't win them by the buzzer we didn't creep in we didn't we beat teams and the cinderella story last year was that the that last two weeks of the season some teams lost mm. so we did our part and then this year um, to me, we flip the page right away, and that story is over with to me, and you, you just move on. And Again, internally, um, we, we are here to win a championship and put the best product out on the floor, and that's not always going to happen. But I think the thing to celebrate really for me, and I take personal kind of pride in, is the fact that when I first got here, they said you could never connect this state. It's, it's divided in half. Um, you're just not going to be able to have a team for all of, all of Tasmania. Um, and I think that's what really everyone really, for me, that I've been talking with and, and always around town, celebrate the fact that this is their team. This is a state team. This is something that they're all rallying around from wherever we go. And I think they, they're quite proud of the fact that there's something now that they can really um, aspire to and see and enjoy watching. And, and that really, to me, is the celebration of, of what we tried to do. The winning part um, is helpful. But I think just the grit and grind of how we play and defend the island um, has resonated with Tasmanians. And I don't want them to be satisfied with us either. Um, the pat on the back is nice. But we are here, as long as I'm here, um, to try to do bigger and better things. Scotty, you may have seen uh, yesterday Gil McLaughlin, the AFL CEO, was in town. And a, a lot of talk about the potential of a, of a Tasmanian team entering the AFL with the 19th licence. There was a quote from from his talk uh, that that, that caught my eye, and he said, 
uh, from yesterday, there will be a footy in every hand, a footy in every home in terms of um, the Tasmanian landscape. I did laugh at that because as it currently stands, there's a, there's a basketball in every hand and a basketball in every home, which kind of speaks to, to, to your point about being able to, to connect the state. And uh, you have been able to achieve that, which is truly extraordinary. Um, and in my opinion, the AFL have completely missed the boat. But moving forward, what, what makes you a better team than New Zealand and Sydney? If you, you know, is it, is it an additional player? Is it internal improvement? Yeah, when I put the team together, obviously when free agency started, there are the only players that you can pick from. It's not like I think people have this idea that when I put the team together, I had the whole league to pick from. So yes. There's only X amount of players there that I could pick from and, and, and start to put this team together. And as we go through contract situations and stuff, we'll obviously be adding players and, and losing players, unfortunately. And we'll just try to continue to increase uh, our overall talent, our overall size, our overall athletic ability as best we can. Um, it's not an easy uh, solution other than a little patience to go through because there might be a free agent that you're really targeting and he's a year away. Um, and so those types of things you just have to be patient through and you have to have a little luck and and um, you have to have great ownership in order to uh, accomplish some of those things. But I think for us, just in general, I'm very big about consistency and bringing most of these guys back and trying to keep the same unit together. I think it has proven itself in the long run haul that um, the characterness of our guys is is one of our driving forces. It, it is a team, and it's um, built in that way. And we'll try to get as many guys back as we can, and then we'll try to incrementally get a little bigger, a little faster, a little stronger uh, in areas if we can. Uh, before um, the awful, oh, as the awful injury happened with Josh Majette, of course, it was such a nasty one. And I, I did make the comment on radio um, to the next game that I thought maybe, or I thought you could cover him in the sense that the development of, of McDonald, um, Isaac White coming along, etc. I've got to say, I, as the, the tournament went on against New Zealand, I probably misjudged that a little bit in the sense that, um, you yeah, go on, please. Yeah, no, no. I think uh, one, uh, everyone, including myself, when we went into the Cairns game for the playing game, none of us had any idea what would transpire. It was the first time yes. ever that we had played without Josh. And so, again, it was just great credit to our team to go on to a, into the road, into that kind of environment, uh, without your starting point guard, and win. And then we beat New Zealand again at home in the second yeah. game without him. So, uh, it was just the resiliency of the group. And you know, listen, he's obviously been a huge part of what we've done here the last two years, yep. but it's always been the next man mentality up. You know, I think people forget that last year when the season started, uh, our plan was to have Will Magnet be playing 20, 25 minutes a game and lead us all the way to the grand finals. Actually, Fab did that. Um, yeah, that's right. And so, and so there's, there's just this mentality within our team and, and our growth of our team that you just go out there and work your minutes and do your job um, and defend the island. And that's kind of what we hang our hat on here. And, and um, yes, it would be great to have Jet back and, and, and be in that position. And I know he's you know, heartbroken not to be able to play in that game, but I give great credit to our guys to, um, in a short amount of time, try to navigate that situation of not playing with him. Tell us about Milton Doyle. Um, you touched on a fabulously year, the, the all-star um, selection, of course. Um, he was... Terrific and right through the year. I, it did seem um, almost towards the back end of the semifinals against New Zealand that they targeted him so much and it was very difficult to have that, perhaps that second 
or third option, McVeigh, was terrific, of course. Um, I would imagine that you will be doing everything in your powers to make sure that Doyle's with Tasmania for the coming years, if possible. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic player, obviously. Um, but, again, more important to me is an incredible human being and his family is um, you know, integrated into Hobart grade and he fixed our culture perfectly of who he is as a person and uh, we, you know, we've been in contract negotiations with him for the last four to six weeks and we're hoping to get some news here uh, sooner than later on him but he's obviously someone that we definitely want back and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have some good news at some point or another but um, when you have those kind of years as teams did last year you lose players. Yes. <laughs> There's bigger markets than Australia. Mm, absolutely. And sometimes it's money over um, lifestyle. And those are the things you have to navigate uh, when you have really a condensed season of six or seven months and, and the money's not quite the same that it is in Europe. And all those teams, um, you're navigating that when uh, an import comes in and has a really good season. So uh, we're working on it. Uh, we've been doing this behind the scenes for uh, a little while with him and hopefully he can get across the line. Well, Coach Roth, we've thoroughly enjoyed the season again. Um, not the championship that everybody's looking for, but as you so rightly put out, they were five minutes away from a, another opportunity. It's been a, a whirlwind um, two years, and it's been so exciting to be a part of it here at SEN and broadcasting the games to everybody. And we wish you well. It's a, it's a busy period now for you, isn't it? It's a, the next month. Yep. You've got negotiations. We, you know, you can't keep everybody. There's some yep. work to be done now for you guys. Yeah, we're. I mean, I'm currently, you know, getting ready at eight o'clock today to, to finish up our exit meetings that have transpired this week with our players. So we have three or four more players to come through this morning to do our exit meetings with them. Uh, we'll have our MVP dinner tomorrow. Uh, we'll regroup next week, and then we'll start to focus on uh, the NBL free agency, which will start probably in about two and a half weeks. So uh, it's a busy time. Um, the good news is this year there's not the stress of everything being pushed back and then all of a sudden you got to be right back and you're, you're doing your job and so there was a much of a, a hustle to try to get our team re re uh signed up and everything and so we can be a little more patient this year with the time frame of being back on a normal schedule but this next month will be uh, uh busy for us scott roth thanks thanks so much for joining us on sem breakfast great great to have you with us man and we look forward to catching up over the off season at some stage appreciate you guys thank you Thanks, Scotty. Great to have Scott Roth. What a legend. Oh, that's he's, cool, isn't he's, it? Um, he's good. And uh, so honest. I, I, I yeah. really, if I was him, the, the the fairy tale narrative would have been great in year one. Yeah. Um, you know, the first year team, yeah. you know, entry into the league, no one expected them to do any good. Yes. They exceeded it. It was amazing. amazing. Made the finals. It was competitive. Year two comes around. You'd want to pump that to the side. And, that, and, and that's, that's difficult to control the public narrative because... It is amazing for us. Yes. You know, it's been phenomenal. But, um, you know, a, a, amazing to hear, you know, some insight around internally yes. um, that it is seen as a failed season. Yep. You know, which, which, yep. Which, which, which realistically it has to be. Oh, let's go to a break, Bailey. Kenzie's coming up shortly. So much sport to talk around. We've got a packed show this morning. Let's go to a break and catch up with Bailey Kenzie from Win News after this. News with Bailey Kenzie. And without further ado, good morning to Bailey Kenzie. How you going, mate? Morning, Flash. How you going? <laughs> good, thank you. Crack straight into the news, mate. What have you got for us this morning? 
Absolutely, mate. Well, fresh off the press, we've got an update out of Glenorchy Football Club. So some good news coming out of Pyland this morning. I've spoken a short time ago to Glenorchy's president, Tim Woodham. Now, he says at this stage it is all very positive out of Glenorchy. The official update, according to the press, is the Pies will be fielding a team in the TSL. That's pending approval from AFL Tasmania, which I'm told will be finalised after a meeting with AFL Tasmania this Sunday. So there was a lot made out of Glenorchy's situation. Some said the club could fold altogether. Realistically, they were always going to be able to pull at least one team together. It was just a matter of deciding which league they'd be in. But the latest line that I can give you from the club this morning is Glenorchy, they'll be fielding a side in the TSL pending approval from AFL Taz. Sensational. Great news, mate. Fantastic news indeed, Flash. We've got a bit of Premier Cricket news to follow up on as well. So we're set for a bit of an interesting finish to the Premier competition. Uh, First position on the ladder. That's locked away well and truly by University, who, as we speak, are sitting on 21 points clear of second place, which is Lindisfarne. Now, three points behind them is North Hobart. Nine points below them is Newtown. So there's four teams with a mathematical possibility of moving into fourth position on the ladder. Uh, Newtown, but also Clarence and Kimbra and Glenorchy as well. So heaps to play for this weekend. Now, we'll have a look at the weekend's fixtures. South Hobart, who really are out of the race, they'll take on Glenorchy. So a good opportunity for a few of, of the Glenorchy players to sort of show their stuff and go large in first-grade cricket, but also for South Hobart too. We know that there could be a little bit of movement on the Tasmanian list. This is the first time that Jeff Vaughan will actually be able to oversee the list from start to finish, from the end of one season going into the start of the next. So from that point of view, every game counts for players. There's a few guys in the Sharks lineup, namely Gabe Bell and, and Tom Andrews, who are on the list, but even someone like Eamon Vines, who featured in a Shield game for Tasmania last season. So stacks to play for there. And then on the flip side, Glenorchy, they've named a strong 11. So they're still a mathematical possibility of jumping into fourth position. A few results would really need to go their way. Josh Hartill, as always, he's been in good form. He's played just about every second 11 game for Tasmania, barring maybe one or two. He got 118 uh, just a week or so ago. So heaps to play for personally for him and Glenorchy as well. Uh, him and plenty of others will be wanting to put their name front and centre of the Tassie selectors' minds because there's one final second 11 game against Victoria at Lindisfarne Oval. That begins on the 6th of March, so just after this round. So a tight contest there with, with a lot to play for, Flash. Kingborough, they'll take on the Greater Northern Raiders. The Knights are also a mathematical possibility of, of coming into fourth position. They'll be looking for an outright win over Greater Northern this weekend if they are to do so. They'll be playing at home at the Twins. Uh, so you'd have to wonder whether someone like Bo Webster might come back and play for them this Saturday, considering the way Tazzy are going. He's essentially got a day off from the Shield today. He'll be back on deck for the one day or on Sunday. But could Cricket Tasmania let someone like Bo Webster come back and let him try and you know, bolster Kingborough into a finals position? We'll wait and see there. Newtown, they take on North Hobart. So the Ds there, obviously fresh off a flag last week, Flash. That was a fairy tale sort of a uh, fairytale game for a few players, namely Alex Pycroft, who essentially pulled the game back uh, off his own bat, taking four wickets, and two of which I believe were in his last over. Also, Rob McMillan there, another stalwart of the club, a decade-long drought that they broke last week in the Cooker Cup. So it's a great reward for some serious toil for them in that format, uh, but they're back into the red ball stuff, and they're without Tom Rogers this weekend, so a bit of a blow for them there. 
Jack White is someone who's one of the leading run scorers in the competition, 628 uh, with the best of 90 to his name. So he'll hold the key for them. On the flip side, Mitch Owen's the player to watch, as always, for the Townies. Clarence is the last fixture there taking on Newtown. Uh, and Zach Elliott is coming off a quality 100. Clint Hinchcliffe, Michael Jones, Sam Rainbird and Lawrence Neil Smith sort of round out their side. A stacked team for them. A few players to watch there as well. They're the team uh, for mine, which is in the most interesting position. They've got a huge couple of games ahead of them starting tomorrow, uh, and they'll need a win and, and a big win at that. Sorry, they're taking on Lindisfarne, I should say. Clarence taking on Lindisfarne. So they'll need at least a win and potentially an unfavourable result for Newtown as well to slide into fourth spot. Uh, so it's their spot to lose for mine as we look at the ladder at the moment. So big contest there. Uh, coming up against the Lindisfarne side, who are still licking their wounds after throwing away a premiership in the one-day cup. And Flash University have got the bye, so a big round of premier cricket. Oh, that sounds like uh, a weekend for you to put your feet up. I'm sure you won't be. You'll probably be going <laughs> to six grounds on the weekend, looking at all the opposition that uni might take on over the next month. That was thorough and perfect, as always, Bailey Kenzie from the News. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, gents. And without further ado, we'll go to the SEN News now. As always, Anna Pav giving us the news from around the country and around the world. Thank you, Anna. Pretty boy, that's interesting. But the university, they're, um, they're a long way out in front of the local cricket. Well, I didn't realise they were so stupid. <laughs> they're completely blitzing them. They've got an unbelievable cricket team. Um, and it's why, you know, for the last 20 years, I've personally been lobbying to Cricket Taz that they need a point system. They need to somehow ensure that, that, that there's room You're for... saying stack deck down at university? Well, uni aren't on their own. No. Um, it's just an influx of interstate boys yeah. coming in, trying their hand. And what it does is it just negates the junior pathways, the young, yeah. talented kids coming out of the 17s, trying out, you know, trying to make state on the 19s, having their pathway yes. um, um, roadblocked, you know, by this, by this flow of interstate um, players. So... I, th- I think I think cricketers have an opportunity to to be able to implement something that that ensures every club has a certain number of local uh, players yes. uh, playing and, and and representing first grade cricket. I reckon that's something we can talk to about Xavier Doherty coming up after the break. Stay with us. You with Flash and Jeevesy on this beautiful start to what I believe it's going to be a scorching day here in Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. Great to have you with us this morning. A little blustery conditions. We're over here. We're not in the palatial state at Harrison Agents up the top this morning. We're over at Bill Reeve, looking over Bill Reeve Oval. And this is a beautiful view down Bill Reeve Beach here as well. And somebody applied their trade reasonably well and a hard wicket for a spinner to ever make any inroads there at Bill Revival. Good morning to former Australian star. I'm going with that. Xavier Doty, good morning to you. <laughs> good morning, Flash. Good morning, Jeezy. Thanks for the intro, Doc- Flash. Very generous as always. Dockety, I, I, I thought he was a bit harsh on you, on you there. He said that you did it reasonably well. Well, which off I spinners thought, don't which, get wickets. <laughs> which I thought was a little uh, understated. Off spinners I think you've got to remember, I've 
you're finished with a bowling average of something around 40. So I think you can't be too generous <laughs> just in case someone, someone goes to the uh, Crick Info and looks up my stats. But ever, ever the realist to be with you, Xavier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the Shield final year, I reckon you averaged 27 when you won your one and only Shield with Tasmania. 26 or uh, 7 for the year. I think That's... Individual years, I think, gradually got a little bit better. But I was coming from a long way back. I think the first <laughs> five seasons, I might have averaged 60. And teams just licked their lips when they saw my name on the team sheet. So gradually brought well, that... it back. But unfortunately, yeah, didn't, didn't manage to get it anywhere. Uh, well, that, that's because you're a seaman until you're 16 years of age. That's because you're a seaman until you're 16 years of age, mate. Yeah, that's, the, that's right. Um... Started, started late, <laughs> just bashing away in the in TCA 2's flash, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, Xavier, <laughs> let's let's talk quickly about you know the, the fact that those uh, those opposition teams, when it came to white balls, certainly weren't licking their lips oh, whenever no. you had the ball in your no. in your hand. You were the guy <laughs> that, you know, and we've been in those team meetings where the opposition spinner, you'd say geez, you know, if we can keep him at, at, at three, you know, if we, if, if we can go at three runs and over, deny him wickets, you know, and we'll target everyone else, that was you. So that, that's, that's pretty cool Absolutely. to reflect on. Uh, what, how, do we, for you to say. how do we reflect on um, the last Shield game we've just seen with Tasmania WA, Xavier? Uh, it's been a rough week. Um, if you're a cricket fan living here in Tassie, it's been a hell of a rough week, or a couple of weeks, to be honest. I think they sort of battled away in Sydney, um, the Tassie Shield boys, and, you know, was probably set up all due to the Blues declaring and making a game of it, and unfortunately got washed out to rain. But then, yeah, unfortunately, again, this week, just that first day has put us on the back foot. You know, I think when you win the toss on a, well, from what I saw on the TV, it was relatively spicy Reeve wicket, you'd be hoping to to be um, knocking the opposition over, you know, well and truly under 300. But you know, they knuckled down WA and, and got themselves off to a solid start. And then, I think as you mentioned earlier in the show, you if you can't get through that new ball, which you know, unfortunately, our top order haven't managed to in, in either innings, you you make it really hard. So um, yeah, it's been a, a week to forget, unfortunately, for for the Shield boys and. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where that places them as far as the season goes, but it'll be, you know, they'll have their work cut out to, to be making the final from here. Amazing, they're actually still alive. There's two games to go. If they won both their two, they're probably half a chance. Victoria flying that. Of course, Tassie got to go over to Perth next week. They did yeah. win there last year from memory, but golly, jeepers, on the back of this, that's a, that's a big. That's a big task. XC, is it is it hard to, to watch, like, knowing uh, and, and, and having played in Shield teams, you're part of a winning final, that, that have perfected cricket at, at Blunston and then watching, um, you know, sides thereafter not actually sticking to the blueprint. So one of the mantras I remember was, particularly when batting was, you know, when, when driving, drive only from, from under your nose. So genuine half volleys and full tosses. Yeah. And then the bulk of the scoring came square of the wicket, pulls and cuts. Um, looking at the dismissals yesterday, um, a lot of big drives, a lot of you know, kind of flashy back foot punches. Uh, is that is that frustrating for you as a former player that that you know played in teams that got it right? Well, I think I come from both sides. To be fair, you know, as a former player, you do you do feel frustrated and what you know because you you're a supporter as well. You want this team to do really well, but you, you know. All through our careers, Jesus, you know, it all, you know, it wasn't all beer and skittles. We also had some pretty tough years as well, where we really did battle away, and you know, one or two shield wins, you know, ended up being us for it, you know, that for us for the year. So, 
Well, we did have some good years, so battled away and finished down near the bottom as well. So you can sympathise with how hard it can be and, you know, how much a confidence game it can be. And when it's not sure whether your next run's coming from or, you know, how you're going to get your next wicket, it it really can be a battle. But, you know, and then it it is easy to sit back and watch those shots yesterday. And I watched the replay. I didn't catch a lot of the game live yesterday. I watched it uh, when I got home from work yesterday. And, you know, to see some of those shots, when there's such an imposing total to chase, you know, a lot of the shots were, you know, fifth, sixth stump line. It's easy to say from where I was sitting, but, you know, they were, they were pretty, pretty shots, and you'd, you'd hope your state team. But you put out a bit, a bit better, particularly after, you know, the previous couple of days they'd had and they were already on the back foot. You'd, you know, you'd be resolved and, um, yeah, a bit more. But, um, yeah, it wasn't to be, but as I said, you know, it's, it's easy, to, easy to say from where we sit. I think it's excellent and, and perhaps very mature that reflecting X, you're able to now, uh, you know, take on a team approach to, to all of those um, failed years because certainly during those years, you and I were blaming the batters directly, pointing the fingers, <laughs> saying you guys right. just don't score enough runs. Yeah, I mean, how many times right. How many times would, you know, would, would the opposition stump up 400 and we'd be batting that night at 5 for Correct. 35? But Anyway, we, we, go we... And just swing from, <laughs> we go out and swing from the hip and make a quick, or you in particular, go out and make a quick 60 or 40 balls and just walk easy. in and say, hey, it was, it was can't, easy can't, out can't you guys lift your game? Yeah, I, I remember those days too. Um, so. moving, forward, moving forward into into more important matters than you and I uh, bolstering our egos a little bit. Uh, the WNCL final tomorrow, yeah. uh, tomorrow Oof. night. So your wife, uh, Emma, she's the game development, oh, not game development, player, development manager across the, 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 the women's space. Um, how excited yep. is Emma? And, and also, how excited are you? And I know that you're a, a huge follower of the yeah. women's game and the local girls. Yeah, well, they've, they've had an amazing season again. You know, they won, the, won their inaugural title last year and they've, they've backed it up again, the girls. So, um, secure themselves a, a home final. And uh, I'll be there. My two girls will be there. And Emma's all geared up. I think she's off, you know, fortunately for her, the... The boys will clear out of the change rooms pretty quickly this morning, I'd suggest, so they can get in there and start start moving their gear well. in. And Rack off, boys. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, and, and you know, some some people some people are going to get a win out of it, but um, yeah, so she'll be over there today and getting themselves all set up and prepared for a final. So yeah, they've done amazingly well again, and you know, inspiring a, a next generation. I can say, you know, firsthand that our kids absolutely love going over there and the girls are really are really great with them so um yeah it's huge huge for the women's games particularly here in Tassie so it'll be and, good and next you've got you've got two girls uh you you would yep. have been excited as someone that loves money uh seeing well no 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 what well, okay. yeah, we're all facts based yeah, here on yeah. Friday morning's breakfast okay. but looking looking at the WPL auction um yeah. and and you know and how that played Amazing. out there's some serious money now in the, in the women's game um you know your your two girls coming through are, are, are kind of the the target generation for, for 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 this wave of cricketers who in 10 12 years time are going to be making money on par with the men is that exciting for you as a uh, as, as a as a father of two young girls uh, I don't know how to answer that after you just absolutely slayed me for 30 seconds. But it's it's amazing for women, for women's sport in general. But, um, yeah, it's great to see. You know, it's, it's you we've seen in uh, the men's game how much it's transformed. And I'm not 
too sure it's been all for the better. You know, I think there's a point where too much franchise cricket can be too much, but you know, certainly for for the women's game, where that is heading and the amount of interest and money and all that sort of stuff that's flowing into the game can only be a good thing. You know, to see the Aussie girls last night and the interest, you know, I didn't stay up, unfortunately, the time zone's not amazing, but, you know, it's certainly the first thing we did this morning in our household was get up and see how the, the Aussie women went uh, in their World Cup semi last night. So it's great Fair to see in. them doing well. And like I said, that they're inspiring a, a next generation. And certainly I can say that firsthand in our household that, um, yeah, my kids love looking out to their heroes. That's, uh, you know, Perry and Lang and um, Molly Strano here, our girls absolutely love Molly. Mm, so well, she's um, a legend. Yeah, yeah to, to be able to see and go and meet those guys and, and um, you know see see them ticking off trophies and you know making money and making a career out of this sort of stuff is is a, is great for the women's game. Let's turn our attention X to the Test series uh, over yep. in India format series. A um, few changes happening. Maybe Davy Warner. Davy Warner's coming home. Does that mean Cameron yep. Bancroft, who made a huge hundred, he gets the opportunity? He appears to be the next one in line, doesn't he? You want to talk about debacles um, that we saw in the Tasmanian Shield team. The Australian Test team have put in back-to-back absolute horror shows. What's happening over there? What's your take on it all? Well, again, Flash, I can actually speak firsthand to what's going on over there because <laughs> 2013, I was, I was a part of, uh, well, what's infamously became known as Homework Gate Series. Um, and to be fair, it's, you know, the, the noise that gets made on the outside isn't anywhere near as much as what's happening. You know, you can see players coming back and selection issues and all this sort of stuff. But inside the camp, you know, there's not nearly as much sort of un- instability. Um, I can tell you that for sure. Um, but certainly, I, you know, bit of a disclaimer, I didn't watch a single ball on Sunday. I went to bed on Saturday night. Um, Aussies one for 60, lead of 60. I went to the Red Hot Summer Tour and dropped out a phone reception, which is pretty extraordinary. But that sort of stuff can happen uh, in, the, in the middle of Hobart CBD. But, and then got my phone reception back at 11 o'clock on Sunday night and, you know, the test was all over. It was pretty extraordinary to see. Um, yeah, but they'd, you know, they'd actually if not dominated, certainly level pegging for, for most of that test match. And then the third day, it, it all happened pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know what to make of it. Um, I'm sure they're doing their very best to keep players confident and, um, yeah, pre- prepare as well as they can for, for the next series. Um, as, you know, as much publicity as there's been and negative talk and former players coming out and, and slagging them and stuff, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about how actually hard it is over there. Like, it, it is, you know, there's a reason Proper. that Australia only won one test in, was it 22 years or something over there? So it's bloody hard to play over there. And, and India are, you know, they, they do that sort of stuff in their sleep. You know, they, the turning ball just doesn't issue, is not an issue for them. And, you know, they've got two spinners in particular that just, you know, they do not miss. So um, it's, a, it's an incredibly hard place to play and, you know, that's that's proven correct again. Uh, Xavier, we, we could talk to you for two hours about this, but we must be great <laughs> to have you with us this morning talking all about the cricket environment and um, look forward to catching up with you soon. Good man. Thanks, gents. Have a great day. See you, pal. Former Tasmanian Australian international Xavier Doherty. What a 
great human, A, but B, what a terrific uh, career he had. He's been retired a while now. Everyone's getting old, you and me included. Brett Hughes, let's go to a break. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. Indeed, we are here for Harrison Agents, Tasmania real estate expert. Selling your home, contact Harrison Agents today in for Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year. Hobart Kia movement, Brett Jeeves, that inspires. Mm. You've been driving the Kia around? I took the Kia to, uh, I drove to Woodbridge yesterday oh, yes. to visit the school and then uh, down to Dover. And um, what I didn't realise is that there's no direct road from Woodbridge to Dover. I assumed that there was just a uh, little little link yes, road. I think I've got caught there myself. Yeah, once. and then I, I had to found my way back twenty to, minute back to Margate through Sandfly Road and yes. uh, and then over the hill. So uh, a little lesson learnt yesterday for me. But it's a beautiful drive down that way. Uh, if you've if it you're is. ever if you're ever stuck for something to do, um, down through down through Woodbridge, Dover, Southport, just an amazing scenery. Um, beautiful high tops over the uh, over the magic water. So yeah, I had a cracking day yesterday. Listen to your our special, yes. uh, you chatting with, with Andy and AJ. Our Nicholson. Our Nicholson. Yeah, that was terrific. Uh, we've got a big hour coming up, the second hour, Brady Boy. Jack Revolt's going to join us. We're going to talk footy with the Tiger legend. We'll call him that because he is. He's a mate of ours, but sadly, he's also become a champion. You hate calling your mates champions. Did you say he's sadly? <laughs> well, he has flags, 300 plus goals. He's right up there, isn't he, in terms of. Richmond greats. We've got him coming up straight after the news. Stay with us for the second hour. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. It's interesting, Brady Boy, is that when um, the dust settled on season 2022, I thought my old mate Jack Revolt was just about going to say, Flash, some stage I'm done, mate. I can't go one more year. Well, here we are, three or four weeks out from the year, bag of four last week in the in the scratch match. Bullish, no doubt. Good morning to you, Jack. How are you? I bet you're feeling on top of the world. You're feeling like you've got another 50-goal season in you, haven't you? Uh, yeah, no, Flash, feeling good. Running about 15 minutes late at the moment because I just had to drop the kids off at school. But <laughs> we're uh, not, not used to the old 10 o'clock starts anymore. Back in the day when we were kicking the gym off for the, for the seniors at Clarence, I was used to it. But, yeah, no, these days, not, not used to the uh, 10 a.m. starts. How's, uh, how's the pre-season been going, mate? Yeah, um, I've touched base with you a bit. Yeah, you seem like it's a little bit of a shift in momentum there. You've brought in some... Key personnel, some some really good players. Um, do you think? I think you, Tiger fans have got a bit of reason for optimism. Is that a is that a fair statement? Yeah, no, I reckon um, optimism is probably a good, being optimistic is probably a good way to attack the uh, the season. I mean, Flash pretty handy and, and Jeeva to go and get um, two of uh, two of the most premium midfielders that were available um, over uh, over the trade period and then to add them and plug them straight into the midfield and we'll see the first time today in, in, in sort of real match simulation so that's very exciting but also 
um, got some young kids that we think are either going into their second year or some or a couple of first year boys that we picked up. We we believe are pretty exciting players. So uh, there's a bit to bit to like at the Tigers at the moment. We've obviously right on the start of the of the season. So um, I think every conf- every team goes in with their confidence pretty buoyed at at this point in the year. So uh, we're no different to that. And Jack, how how close were you to hanging the boots up at, oh, good at the end of the la- at, at the end of last year? If you don't mind my asking, if you, if you, if you, you can knock it over if you like. But that's all right. Yeah, no, at the start of the start of last year, I probably thought that that was going to be my last year was probably going to be my, my last year of footy. Um, and and to, to to be honest, the thing that probably has kept me. Um, reinvigorated because that's sort of the thing that you got to continue to do is find find that um, that want to play and that want to compete and that's sort of buoyed out of the fact that we went and got the the two boys from the GWS Giants and um, the clubs sort of had that really strong role at the dice whilst whilst trying to to live in the now and win premierships we've invested in the in the draft um, probably more so previous years than this year but. Um, certainly going and getting two really good players in, in, a, in a spot that we we probably really need to be strong in, in that midfield and, and create midfield depth is, has been um, probably the catalyst for, for hanging around and, and seeing if we can uh, win another premiership and, and get back to the uh, the top of the AFL tree, which is where every team strives to be. How does, how does the recruitment of Taranto and Hopper come about? Is that... Uh, is that seed planted 12 months in advance? Your list management looking at uh, you know, guys out of contract in certain years and that, you know, planting seed with managers. Are you able to share any, any insight as to how that, how that actually uh, comes about? Yeah, no, so they're, they're, they're both probably different beasts in terms of the way both of them arrive to the football club. So Tim is, um, Tim is a, uh, he's a restricted free agent. So he, was, he had the ability to um, accept the contract um, but then still had to be traded, and Jacob was actually still in contract, so he he had to be traded. But um, I think clubs are well aware of who who's available. Like it's pretty obvious um, <clears throat> with the uh, free agency because it's six years and eight years, so um, there's no hiding there. But then I think salary cap squeeze and um, players wanting new new opportunities are probably just a bit of scuttlebutt, really, a bit of word of mouth, and you start to, to hear things, and no doubt there's. Um, our list management team, as every, every list management team, would have their finger on the pulse there in terms of players they like and um, players they they see fit for for their football club. And I mean, for the two guys that we've we've gone and picked up, um, Jacob's probably more of that inside ball um, extractor type, uh, which takes a bit of pressure off down in, in that aspect. And then Tim's got that little bit of uh, outside class and, and, and the ability to, to spread and, and run from contest, which once again has probably been lumped on down. So um, he's probably the happiest man at the football club at the moment, down Presti, the, um, the the riches that he's got around him now to, to obviously help help us in the um, in the short term and and then for him to um, to go into that more of a mentor role for, for some younger kids we believe are going to be good players for us as well in the midfield coming in the coming years. What about your role, uh just, I'll give you a couple of stats here, Brett, while we're talking to Jack. 755 goals now. He snuck up to 14th overall last year. He's 326 games, has his second all-time games at Tigerland. He's not going to catch Kevin Bartlett, who played 403. 
Uh, who, I might add, is still selling candy somewhere. Well, Wherever he is, he's, I'm certain. He's <laughs> selling <laughs> that candy. Amazing. Your role this year, um, I mean, it's evolved so much over the last decade, hasn't it? You know, and you've, you know, by the time Tom Lynch came on board, um, another two flags have happened, and you guys work together beautifully. Um, is there more of the same for you? I mean, what, what, how do you see your personal season panning out in terms of the role in the team? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Flash, because it's, it's, it probably has evolved and changed a lot. And it changes week, week to week as well. Um, so, I mean, there's games last year where Lynch was injured that I played sort of um, sole key forward or that sort of um, sort of one, one key forward in terms of the ability to, to basically bring the ball to ground. And we, we, we see value in a lot of things in terms of playing key forward. Um, so a couple aspects are probably obviously still wanting to, to take big marks and crunch packs and, and, and kick goals. Um, but the, I think the ability for me to continue just to, to, to orchestrate the forward line, um, take, a, take a bit of the burden off Tom with, with obviously the, the numbers sort of gravitating towards him just being an, an option to, to help him out. But, but fundamentally, it's just to, to create a contest in, in, in aerial contest. So whether that's... Um, a quick exit out of D50 and just being there to, to either be the market or, or knock it to ground and get it out of bounds so that we can reset or, or, or we're kicking it inside 50 um, and just being there for that sort of similar role. Um, and that's handcuffed to, to, to the development of the new players as well and younger players that we've got coming through, which has been um, sort of really um, one thing that I've attached myself to dramatically this year is... is finding the, the person that actually can come in and, and take my job one day and, and, and boot me out of the side and, and be that player that can continue to work um, in the short-term future with Lynch as, uh, as another key forward. And we've got some guys there that we think could, um, could, could take that role um, yeah, not too far away. And Jack, big news yesterday. Uh, Gilly McLaughlin was, was down in, in Hobart, obviously, and selling the vision of uh, Tasmania in the, in the 19th licence. You'd, you'd You'd have some good inside all. How how confident should we be down here in Tasmania about the uh, the prospect of, of of having a team in the AFL? Well, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone call him Gilly McLaughlin before, but uh, <laughs> he just I'll I don't go, know. He just, with that. <laughs> he just feels like a Gilly. Like he's kind of he's got that that kiddish kind of uh, feel about him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gilly. Uh, no, I think. Um, He's far no, I think everyone should be pretty buoyed. Um, this this program, which has sort of morphed names every now and then, has been very very strong. That the um, that that the uh, the team will come through and, and and Tasmania will receive its license. Obviously, I mean it's pretty clear cut now. You've got to have a stadium to um, to have a team, um, and the AFL's made that quite clear. And I think we've sort of known that for the last three months. It's good to see that they haven't just left. A state to its own devices, um, and that they're they're a committed partner in, in moving forward um, and um, helping that stadium get built, and then obviously having um, not just leaving the, the, the team to its um, to its own devices post that actually being a part of that support network to, to help raise it raise a, a Tasmanian team, in, and uh, no doubt they've learnt from um, their two previous escapades with with the Gold Coast and uh, and GWS. So fundamentally, we're going to have all the right people pushing in the right direction. But at the moment, I think that that probably um, everyone's looking to, to the budget um, in the middle of the year where, where Anthony Albanese, who 
um, from what I've heard, is really keen on, on, on Tasmania having its own team um, to see whether they make the commitment for the, to make up the shortfall of where, where, where we sit at the moment, which I think is about $250 million. So, I mean, that's, that's where all I should be, be looking at the moment. Um, I know there's a lot of a, a whole host of issues that Tasmanians want to address, um, healthcare, housing, and, uh, and obviously the stadium as well. Hopefully for everyone can come out with a really great result. Um, this isn't just a football stadium. I think that's, that's, right. that's become a bit of a beaten record. It's, a, it's going to be a hub of excellence for, for, for Hobart and for Tasmania, and it's going to be an attraction to get people to uh, come down. And um, funnily enough, I've been, been watching a little bit of NFL this year, and, and that Roof Stadium, uh, similar to a lot of those sort of North, North American states, that are involved right. in the NFL is, is, is a fundamental um, because we want to be showing the, the, the best case, uh, the best games down in Tasmania. And um, clearly the, the weather and snow is a bit tough for the mainlanders uh, over here. So they've asked for that roof stadium. So uh, no, it's, um, it's, it's look, I, I think we'll, we'll know more when, when budget time rolls around and hopefully um, we can be popping the champagne and, and, and celebrating to the future for, for young Tasmanians who get a chance to play for their home state. You know, every time I've heard Anthony Albanese talk, um, he sounds bullish for mine. Oh, I, I get a good vibe out of Albo. Tell me, you've got a number of roles in your life as one of the you know most well-known celebrities in the country. Um, one of them being now Jack as the ambassador for the little champ, the inevitable um, my mail coming through, Richie from West West Moon has texted me through this morning about how how comfortable were you in the yard uh, when you were in there with the little champ? Um, Jack, tell us about that experience. Yeah, there's a bit of scuttlebutt going around the owners there, so I know Richie is. Um, so I received that text message of a few of the other owners. Uh, so I jumped in the um, I jumped in the uh, in the cage and in the cage in the pen there with. The inevitable yes. um, little horse and Scott Brunton, the 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 wonder trainer down there, um, <laughs> uh, trained the inevitable to win the Hellover Stakes, which was named after his father's stables and a, and his one of his father's horse, which um, Great he was horse, uh, he was very it? proud. So he he he's just got a little bit of the wild side about him, Scotty, um, and didn't fill me with confidence when the inevitable absolutely bolted in there when I went around. And Flash, if you've ever had five hundred kilos running directly at you. No. You would have a little bit of poo-poo in your pants as well because <laughs> I was crapping them. Um, but, 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 it was very good to get down to seven miles. Very good to get around the inevitable. Um, it's a, uh, I suppose, that, I mean, Tasmania's had a great history with, um, or in the short history of the All-Star Mile as well. So um, I urge all Tasmanians, as I no doubt you two boys have done, got thrown oh, yes. behind and voted for the inevitable to get it into the All Star Mile, which we run in about three weeks' time, and we hopefully we can see a little Tassie champ celebrating over here at uh, at Mooney Valley. It's had an amazing prep. Um, it's won everything uh, easily. It won hard held again the other day. Um, I think it might be already. I look, Mystic Journey's clearly um, done more at this stage of the career, but. Or against Tasmania's best ever horse. It's a big rap, isn't it? All right, Jackie boy, yeah. we'll let you go. Yeah. Um, great, right, to have, great to have you with us here this morning. Great to see you rolling around for one more year. We're all excited about that in fairness. And Tiger time, you just, can you smell a fourth one? Let's be, be frank, nice. just give me, yep.
I'll tell you what I can smell at the moment, boys. I've made up five minutes on Google Maps. I'm, I'm, I'm a sneaky back road here through Port Melbourne from, from Bayside. It looks like I'm going to make it on time and not get a spray from Dimmer. Good on you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. See you, mate. There's Jack Revolt. He's, Three, a good, he's in good spirits. He's up and about. It's yeah, good. Yeah, feeling himself. It's Three, terrific. 326 games. He's going to add to that. I had a look at that list before. It's an unbelievable record, David. It is an unbelievable record. It is actually well, he, amazing. And he's, you know, he wasn't... Four, 14th all-time. On he's the 14th all-time. And listen, I reckon the next two in front of him are Kevin Bartlett, who's kicked 778. So he's 23 behind KB. You'll get to that. Kevin just did a blind turn back into <laughs> he traffic. Did. He's, yeah. uh, he's in gum. his kitchen. He's in the I, 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 IGN, ING. What is it? IGA. I, IGA even. ING. <laughs> I was banking with them once. They yeah, were no good. They, I'm not sure where they uh, went. Uh, Matthew Richardson, 800. So he's gonna, 45 was, in front. I was so going to ask where Richo was. So he's, he's just in front of Jack. He's got two Tiger greats in front of him. I don't think he'll get to Bernie Quinlan at, at 11 because he'd need to kick What's that, 45, 62? He's done it many times before. He's still got a role there, hasn't he? Oh, just I've always been so impressed by... Team player. Jack Shift. Um, he used to cop so much criticism as a young bloke with a fiery yeah. um, uh, attitude. And, and, you know, kind <laughs> of... Well, look, your words, but... Um, and his shift for those premiership years, some of the, some of the selfless acts, brilliant. Uh, he, some some of the games of footy he played, you know, like the the efforts to get to the boundary and smack the ball back into yes. play and chase down tackles, and it, it was a huge it was a huge shift in in his attitude, which I think uh, actually led Richmond to being uh, the premiership team that they were. He he really led that change uh, in that footy club. So credit to him, and uh, that that is an unbelievable record. Cruising through the second hour here, we're having breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy back after the break. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. And all here. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. For Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year, Hobart Kia movement that inspires. Just ask Brett Jeeves. He's driving Smooth. one of them. Uh, now, Brady Boy, last night, the women's semi-final, the T20 World Cup. This Australian women's team, they are um, outstanding. One of the one of the best. When I mean, you only have to look at the, the girls that haven't got a game and some of them in the Tasmanian team. We'll talk about that shortly. But they had to do it. <laughs> they had to do it really tough last night. So I'll break it down for you. I know you didn't see the game, uh, either did I, but I've watched the highlight package. They made four for 172, so it was a good score. Alyssa, he- Alyssa Healy made 25 and Beth Mooney 54 at the top. Um, so a great partnership to start things off, which was worth 52. And then Meg Lanny made 49 off 34 deliveries. Ash Gardner, 31 off 18. So they had... It's a good score. Well, the problem they had is then India suddenly built some momentum through the middle partnership. They were three for 28 after three and a half overs. India finished, gone. And then, just like that, they got rolling. Core and Rodriguez put on a partnership of about 70, 72 to be exact. And they were three for 97 after 10 overs. 
Uh, and then they lost a wicket. And then they had another little partnership. Sharma came in and she got rolling. Gosh came in and she got rolling. But they got the job done right at the end. So they were cruising. They were, f- they were four for 133 after 14.2 overs. So they need 40 of five and a half overs with six wickets in hand. They were going to probably win that game. Game over, yeah. The, uh, yep. Probability scale, scale was yeah, pointy there end. Darcy Brown, two for 18. Uh, she was outstanding. The, the young, quick Ash Gardner herself, two for 37, went for some runs. Jess Jonathan, the all-rounder. Uh, one for 22. They got the job done, and now they're into the final. Tremendous effort. Australian women's cricket's in a real purple patch of high proportions, as are Brett, and I know Xavier touched on it before, the Tasmanian women's team. They're going for back-to-back titles tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah, they've been outstanding this year. They've been the, been the hot hand uh, the entire year. Some strong performers. Um Alyssa Villani, uh, yes. Elise Villani, sorry, not Alyssa. You, you, you mentioned Alyssa Healy and it yeah. stuck with me. Yes. Uh, Daniel Bradman, I, was, I should probably refer to uh, Elise Villani as. She's been uh, phenomenal. Incredible. So she'll be, she'll be certainly on the, on the watch list uh, tomorrow. Um, and just a, just a really strong program. Uh, it's interesting chatting about the, the, the men's stuff. Sally Ann Beams uh, transitioning from the, uh, the raw coach into the high performance yes. manager of both programs now, male female. Uh, she set up a really strong culture across that women's program, and um, you know Dan Marsh um, stepped in when yep. uh, Sally Ann stepped away. Uh, when Dan stepped away, Jude Coleman's come in. So the year hasn't been easy uh, no. for the for this Tassie uh, raw side at all, and and for them to be able to. Uh, stay consistent and, and understand their roles and, and continue to play through cricket uh, uh, you know, throughout such coach upheaval uh, is a real testament, I think, to Elise Villani and her leadership. So uh, good luck to the girls tomorrow and, um, yeah, pop along. Day-night game, 3 Eddie, o'clock start. 2.05. Two, 2.05, two oh five. Yeah, so Tasmania Sorry. playing the South Australian Scorpions and they've, no doubt, they've been the two best sides. Queensland was good as well, but I felt the, the games that I've, I've commentated a couple of those South Australian games, and they were excellent. Flash, tell me about Courtney Webb, the yep. young young Tasmanian that uh, seems to have slipped away somehow. Yeah, from from, from Tassie. Got a what, decent offer from all reports from South Australia, but yeah, that's one you you, you wanted to be you want to be keeping your your, lung, your your young local players. They weren't able to do it. She's of course scored a big hundred mm. against Tasmania a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, she'll be a problem tomorrow. She's a she's a run getter. She's had a great year. Um, the young Tasmania, I think she's from up Bracknell Way, somewhere up there. Heartland, Some, somewhere up there. So, yeah, disappointing. Uh, let yeah, disappointing. She's mm-hmm. not about. But look, they're um, yeah, they're a good unit. So they're going to go for back to back titles tomorrow. So, Tasmanian cricket on the men's department's a bit of a debacle, but the women, uh, they're going really well. Wait, time for the news, Brent. Let's go to Let's it. Let's go. Fascinating. You were going to say something about Tassie Cricket. We've got Hot or Not coming up after the break. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't actually sure we were headed to the break. You kind of uh, you never cut me it. off. But uh, yeah, I was sort of semi-sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Just it's it, it's interesting the success of the women's program set up by by Sally Ann Beams as as the coach and um, set up a really strong program there, which is yes. uh, terrific. Simon Inslee as the former high performance manager would have played a you know a part in that too. The men's side of the of the draw, that you know, some of the some of the rumours and certainly some of the talk uh, coming out of, out of cricket Tasmania is that 
There is going to be some huge uh, list upheaval with, yes. with guys heading home and um, some some you know, fringe players heading off for other opportunities. Uh, South Australia seems to be a bit of a destination that's mentioned for uh, for a couple of the young batters, um, potentially you know a couple of retirees. Um, so we, we we are about to see a bit of a shift, I reckon, in 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 the direction of the Tasmanian cricket men's uh, side. Um, uh, the, the the local talent pool, to be to be honest, is a little bare. Yes, and, and certainly across that under nineteen age bracket, um, that a poor t- a poor tournament yep. throughout the national carnival. Um, so I think I think we're about to see a real shift in um, in 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 approach. You know, they've, they've can got to go two ways: bring in established talent, trying to remain competitive across the Shield and and, and Marsh Cup, uh, or you know, try and find some some young kids, maybe uh, young O'Connor from from the north, who from all reports is uh, is an absolute freak talent and a beautiful kid. Uh, footy's kind of off the side. Uh, do they try and bring him in to to, to a contract contract early? Nick Davis, Mitch Owen, these sorts of guys. Um, wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing both of those boys, Owen and Davis, playing I in the think- last two one day games. I think there's. Uh, certainly, think, certainly, cause you. You can make an argument there. I did talk to former uh, Australian skipper Tim Payne about that. He thinks Mitch Owen's got some four-day cricket in him. He, he might, he mightn't be a twenty-twenty player, but he's got some skill set there that might be able to hang around for a while. Pretty boy. Now, listen. I know you love when we talk about the house of the week here for Harrison Agents. This one is a doozy. Oh, and where are we this week? We're into Launceston, and it's a beautiful beautiful old home that's been presented by Joe Oliver and Tom Harrison. Let me describe it for you. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car, and it's called the Commandant's House. That's what it's called. Mm. Built in 1828. It's made it's a, it's a long it's time ago. made of the good stuff it's then. It's even older than you and I. <laughs> this is one of the very first houses in Launceston with one of the finest examples of Georgian architecture in the city. This magnificent three-storey home has been maintained in all its historic, that's a too big a word for me, that one, freshly painted property with an updated marble kitchen, laundry and bathroom, all of which are contemporary yet sympathetic to the period. Designed and built by the defining architecture of Tasmania. You should read these before you do them, Brad. (laughs) John Lee Archer, 2 George Street, was built as a grand home for the city's commandant and enjoys a prime CBD position while remaining supremely serene and whisper quiet with exterior walls four four bricks deep. That's a thick house, Brett. Four bricks deep. This handsome city residence (laughs) is warm in winter and cool in summer and includes underfloor heating in the kitchen, laundry and first floor bathroom. Wood fire in the living room, electric fireplace in the dining room. Fans and heaters in each bedroom and master bedroom and master bathroom. Three-story staircase in the centerpiece. This house features ample landings, the original floorboards and twin Juliet balconies. For sale, offers over $1.35 million. And as mentioned, please contact Joe Oliver and Tom Harrison, the dynamic, dynamic duo in Launceston. Let's go to a break. Hot or not coming up. Lots of topics, so I'm going to wind bread up as hard as I can here. It's hot, real hot. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Oh, yes, it's hot. And I'll tell you what, a list of hot topics this morning, and we've got them all thanks to Harrison Agents and for 
Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year. Hobart Kia movement that inspires Brett Hot or Not time is here. You know, it's one of those mornings when I reckon we could have pounded out another five questions. There's so much topical things to talk about. I'm going to start. Hot or not, Brett? Gilly, as you called him to Jack <laughs> Revolt. I think, I think that'll stick as well. It should <laughs> stick. Gilly McLaughlin uh, in town yesterday has solidified that indeed Tasmania will have a team. Hot or not? Wow, this is this is hotter than a, it than is. a Hobart it's summer's over. day. Yep. 35 degrees today, and this is hotter than that. Yes. Make sure your aircon can work in your, in your car and at home and at work. Ah, oh, well, it's it, it sounds done, it does. doesn't it? It, it, does. it sounds like it's done. Obviously, the stadium um, is you know remains to be the sticking the point. Sticking Who's point, paying but for it? You know what? I, I read yesterday that the Gabba is receiving a um, an upgrade. How much are they spending there? Do you reckon? Oh, four hundred million. Two point five billion. Yeah, that's right. Is reported. Two point five billion dollars. That's right. And this and this is the thing. Say that. Say I that know. number. And Say it's it. huge. Say yeah, it. It's lots of zeros. Say it. Two point five billion. We're that at, is hard to comprehend. We're actually not asking to spend. It's a lot of money. I'm not poo pooing, but we're talking about something for the next hundred years. You know what? When I heard that two point five billion for the, for yep. the Brisbane Stadium, I just thought. Seven fifty. Uh, have oh. we have we undersold this? Like, are yeah. we are we getting all the spare parts from the Gabba to bring it down to yeah. rebuild the Gabba here? Maybe is well, we're only looking for a little twenty. <laughs> we're only going to have a little twenty five thousand seat venue. Twenty five, twenty six, yeah. I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they're right. going to have sixty. They're going big. Yeah, so it's, I a, get it's, it. a, it's a bigger I get thing. It. Um, but it's a good mate. It's a good point. Two point five billion. It's a lot dollars. of bugs money. Bugs, but I've never heard that in terms of money. Good rhyming slang. David, hot or not? Is there a is there any? I like how you've you've got this in order so that I ask you this because you are hot on politics at the moment. Hot or not? Is there any chance tas, the Tasmanian political parties would join together, join forces, and get this team and stadium to happen? No, there is no <laughs> chance. That won't happen. It's all politics. You know the thing with the Labor Party down here is. There's not even an election coming up. There's not even an election to hang your hat on. I, I get what we do. I get I get politics to a certain extent about, you know, you're trying to win and be the next next team in. Um, yeah, I would love to have some of the individuals in the Labor Party come and have a one-on-one with us and tell the truth because I don't believe all of them to a person can honestly think that we've just got a stadium down the road and everything's okay. You know, Gil McLaughlin said yesterday, he was asked by Chris Robon from ABC News, and Chris asked him, I wish I had the audio, I don't have it, what uh, what do you see are the issues with Bill Reeve Oval, Blunston, Blunston Arena, whatever you want to call it? And he, and he reeled off in a minute and a half from top to bottom, everything is wrong with Bill Reeve Oval. And as somebody that's been there a lot, you've been there a lot, it's all true. Whether he was talking about the... The general facilities for teams, whether it's the media boxes, well, it's the lack of when you have a TV game there, it just doesn't come up well. It's a poor TV facility. The grandstands are old. I haven't got the list in front of me, but it was brilliant how he just ticked them all off individually and he really summed up the reality. I mean, we're in a position now where the opposition party in this, which happens to be the Labor Party, um, they are saying we don't want to be... And your dad would be along this line. My old man the same. We don't want to be held by a prisoner by the AFL. They've got us by the short and curlies in the old term. Well, they're actually right. We need a stadium. 
It's it's 2027. Mm. We're not going to reel out. And we're not going to bring Queenborough up to standard. We're not going to go to the TCA ground. We're not going to go to the Bell Revival. I'm passionate about that. David, I will let it go. $2.5 billion. I know that's dollars. what I mean. So we're asking Albo, <laughs> Albo, 240 mil, brother. Um, tip it in and let's really get moving Just in. jump in the ashtray of your car, well, Albo. it's a lot Two, of money. But <laughs> is it a lot of money? I'm not sure. Two, um, say it again. $2.5 billion. I, I, I found that really difficult to comprehend. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. We've been, we've been down here worried about yes. the, the, the impact of you know having to fork out the amounts that are being uh, spoken and, and about. And it's big money. It is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is for me, and I'm going, I'm going to you. Okay. Will the naysayers that are lobbying against the stadium all boycott it when it happens? <laughs> Hot or not? Oh, look, I think this is one of one of life's great <laughs> questions. It's irony. We're all front runners, <laughs> yeah, aren't we? I think you know there, there are there. there are a lot of people that were against the jack jumpers and some of the investment, yes. and uh, I think now they are you know very publicly oh, supporting. I think there are a lot of those people that were against it publicly. Yes. You know, now have sit in corporate boxes and enjoy. Uh, everything that the Jack Jumpers provide, so Jan, um, champagne, yeah, and all that. most definitely. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there are naysayers right now against the stadium and the footy. I guarantee you, as soon as they get that offer of a of a corporate suite, they'll be there in a heartbeat. So uh, oh, that's sorry, I didn't answer oh, it. It no, is hot. I know it's Mar- hot. Martin Jeeves doesn't want a stadium. Tim Lithgow doesn't want a stadium. But as I said to the old man, Dad's Dad's a uh, he's an old country right winger. He's an old Liberal supporter. He's in what? And he kept saying to me. We don't need a stadium, you know. He loves going to Bell Revival. He watches the cricket there. And I asked him the other day, I said, Daddy, what happens the first game, Tassie versus Collingwood? Are you going to boycott it, are you? Or, you? or do you want me to come and pick you up and you come and watch it? He said, and he just laughed. He knows. Yes, of course I'll come and watch it. It's going to be awesome. Let's make it happen. <laughs> okay, David, Brett, your right, turn. Well, let's move let's on go. from the stadium. Hot or not, yes. the Jack Jumpers have the right to celebrate another super season. <sighs> this is a good one. Uh, it's a tempered warm, hot, but I loved what Scott Roth said today. He, he's underneath the conversation. He wasn't beating around the bush. He said, we are here to win a championship. And clearly, they weren't good enough to do it this year. They might have been able to win the occasional game, etc. Um, so you should celebrate it. It's been an amazing season in many respects, but no, time to move forward. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I, I'm with you, Flash. I thought Scott's answer was perfect. Exactly what I wanted to hear because yes. you know publicly the the fairy tale is real, and it and is. and the public has every right to believe it's a fairy tale. Expansion club they do. made the finals uh, first two years, grand final year one. It's been it's an unbelievable foundation. But when when you're a professional athlete and you're in a professional environment, you want to win. That is that that is all that matters. Finishing finishing fourth. Hey, it's great. We can look back. We yep. can reflect. We can have a beer at our awards night. And yeah, it was a decent season. But there's a burn in you that there says, is. hey, I, I want a little bit more than this. Absolutely. I'm a professional athlete. I want to win. So um, I thought Scott um, answered that re- well, as expected. He, he does it so well. Well, on the back of that, hot or not, is it critical for the Jack Jumpers to sign Milton Doyle? Uh, it's. Um, it's, it's a hard one because it's also a little lukewarm as well. We don't have a lukewarm no, we don't. stinger to play in the background, no. do we? Kind of, yeah, no, nah, sort of. 
Uh, oh, so you're not saying it is critical? Well, Gee. part of me, and, and look, I've got to be honest, in terms of you know Scott's answer around free agency and who, yes. who is actually available in that pool, yep. um, I, I didn't realise that, that, was a, that, that there was a bit of a limit on who yes. you could actually go and speak to or... Because part of me feels like there are a million Milton Dolls out there, scorers who can, you know, out of the NBA that, you know, haven't quite made it. Um, but I guess, you know, now I've got an understanding on how the free agency works. They have to be obviously on the on the shortlist of people that you can go and recruit and, and bring in. Uh, how many people on that list that are better than Milton Dole? Probably none. Great fit. And like Scott Ross said, great cultural person. Fits yes. in. Humble guy. Yes. Um, so, you know what? I've shifted. I've talked myself around. It's hot. It is hot. It's hot. Thank you. You got yeah, there. Sorry, Good. Uh, yeah. Hot. Hotter than a pistol. All right. Last one, and it's for you. And it's from you to me. Oh, hot or not, David? Tassie horse, the inevitable, is the best local horse we've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's hot. The the little champ, um, Scotty Brutton's pride and joy. It's a tiny little horse. Um, it's had injuries. They haven't been able to get it going through that middle period. It won a Silver Eagle as three or four, a four-year-old. Um, tough two years between. It's come back in incredible form and it's got a bit older. It looks like it's got a mile in it. Golly, if that could win the All-Star Mile, um, which it's going to get in, it, it's, it's yeah, it's. I think it's the best I've seen in my time. Maybe some will get Colin McNiff on over the next week or two. He's the he's the one that would know much more than you and I. Well, and I was going to ask you because I'm a I'm a complete novice when it comes to racing yes. in Tasmania. But share with me a little bit about Mystic Journey and what the inevitable has to do to to reach that that level. Uh, well, Mystic Journey won an All Star Mile. Okay. Um, so, so there's at, there's one. Yeah. Yep. So and won group races in Melbourne and probably won about four million dollars in prize money. I reckon. Um, so the inevitable's around that 1.5? 1. 1. No, 1.2 and a half, 1. I reckon. So it's, got, it's actually got a way to go to, to it, reach the level prize of... Money, but if you win the All-Star Mile, you'll match it. You'll be up to where? Where, so, does, the, where does the Melbourne Group 1s sit in terms of what the inevitable's won? Uh, yeah, look, the Silver Eagle, which the inevitable won, was a big race worth half a million dollars in Sydney, of course. It hasn't won a big race in Melbourne. The inevitable, so and that's what Mystic Journey right. definitely did. Okay. So that, that's the hurdle yep. to get over. Um, I've got another ten questions I want to ask you, but look at the time. <laughs> we'll it's eight minutes to eight. We've got to shoot. We've got to go for a break. Let's come back after and wrap things up. You with Flash and Jeevesy. Harrison Agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. This is Tassie Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy. Uh, yeah, comfortable with that. The, so UTAS is going to be upgraded, so let's talk to, to Bell Reeve. Um, there is, um, I think, uh, capacity, yield, uh, a tr- comparison to other stadiums across the country. So let's deal with those. The volume needs to be higher to get the money. There needs to be a greater percentage of corporate seats to get the yield. There needs to be an attractiveness for people who want to come to Tasmania and are forecasting 5,000 people per game to come and go to the game. So when you're mapping out the calendar and you've got a choice of Bell Reeve, uh, which is a great boutique stadium, but it, it is not Optus or uh, Adelaide Oval or, frankly, the MCG or, or Marvel. And we play in a competition of relativities, and if you want people to travel, they want now and expect the best. And the same way people go from here and they make decisions where they're going to go to from Tasmania to go which games they part, choose the venue the team's going to be playing at, and they like to go and experience the best stadiums. So that was 
from Chris Robon from ABC News who posed that question yesterday, Brett, to why can't we have Bill Reid? He pretty much answered, didn't he? Um, imagine Gil selling you a car. Gilly. You're buying seven of them. What, yeah. one? Yeah. Only one? I'll take, I'll take the lot. Uh, well, that, that two was, keys, thank you. That was well sold, and yeah, uh, and he didn't mention two point five billion once. So no, um, I, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm on board. You're coming around, yeah, don't I'm you? on board completely. What do you got for the rest of the day? Big day at work today. Uh, more school visits and the Reckling Community Series is up and about. Yes. So some AFL nines at the uh, back end of the month, back into March. Yes. Uh, so hopefully some youngsters entering club sport, which is what we're all about. It is indeed. Uh, and I'm, you? You're selling them. Selling houses and wondering uh, about the weekend in sport. In, hey, look forward to, yes, go. You know what I can't wait to see yeah. is that bus with your face on the back mm. of it. If, if you if you see it, please, through. yeah, give us a little tweet at, at SEN Tassie and slightly, maybe some photos. Slightly embarrassing, but it is marketing advertising. It's got to be done. Gilly McLaughlin knows all about that. Gilly. Listen, captain's run coming up with Sam Evans. Catch you next week.